everybody. Welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal, Slubby. With me, of course, my good friend, Jim. Hey, everybody. My good friend, Oren. Hi. Uh, one Dr. Pepper was enough. I don't have another one today. <laughs> <laughs> that was your... I, I, <laughs> I keep forgetting, and I've already opened mine. Uh, my good friend, Devious Vacuum. I'll never forget, baby. Ah. My good friend, Polahoko. Hello. My good friend, Turbo C. Howdy. What's going on? I got a lot, a lot uh, of science this time this week. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good science, <laughs> as they call it. What, uh, what happened? Who wants to start us off? Finally made it to the fiction part of the science fiction. Hmm. Yes. <gasps> We're doing good up until, up until now. At the end of the last chapter, uh, Rintaro received a threatening text message. And, uh, also, the lab, or, sorry, the, um, he helps Zuha on her quest to meet her father, and, uh, she revealed that her father goes by Beryl Titer. Um. That's right. So, her father's not John Titer, but some other time-traveling agent called Beryl Titer. And, um... Chapter 5 opens, uh, all the chapters, like, end on a dramatic note and then open d doing something completely different. <laughs> I really like this opening, though. It's, yeah. uh... It's very tense. Yeah. Um, Rintaro kind of just wakes up, like, on... It, it's kind of like a desert, but he's not really hot or cold. It feels like just nothing is moving and there's no silence, or no sound. It's just silence. And he kind of can't move and he's just sort of, like realizing he's by himself it's like this very ominous dream and then he uh then all of a sudden um uh mayushi comes and she's like uh she tells like she says like she's looked all over for him through different timelines and she found him and then some bad people had taken him away in a time machine 70 to 70 million years ago on earth where there's nothing and she says and it's just, it's really creepy i want to get this right it's basically like uh what is it? We're also, like, we're here in the original, like, uh, I think we're going... She says, I think Okarina and Mayushi are going to die here. Um, yep. but it'll be okay, because, like, there's another... There's other ones of us, like, 70 million years from now that'll go on. So, then he, he jolts awake on the sofa. I like how the game does this, because dreams, usually in these kind of games, are, like, prophetic, or it's, like, foreshadowing, or, or whatever. And in these cases he's been having these dreams and I don't think that they're foreshadowing at all it's just like this is what's happening to him after he's just kind of realizing that he's fucking around with time travel it's like a, a, a what if scenario what if I mess something up and then this is just what happens see what's, what's scaring me is that it's an alternate timeline yeah because of his ability that he can also pick up on himself from alternate timelines oh everything is happening all at once that's Okay, so that's possible too. Maybe the the more hopeful version is he's seeing a quantum superposition, so to speak, of all possibilities that could happen to him, and he just observed it like an idiot at the end. No, um, <laughs> and he was but... perfectly fine seeing all of infinity. Well, part of his yeah. power is that he is sort of because uh, they talk about they talked about in a previous chapter about how like the the ability that he calls reading Steiner is mm -hmm. perhaps this higher level observation ability or or lack of observation right like where uh he is allowed to observe the different timelines without making any single one of them tr like the alpha timeline mhm mm so yeah yeah 
but um, so he wakes but he up, wakes up. Yeah, and uh, Mayuri is in the in the lab watching the Upa cartoon, and he's like, "Oh, it's just a dream." Uh, he also notes that he had uh, sent an email to John Titer to ask him if he is Suzuha's father anyway, even though she said, like, I don't know, I, we don't, I, I guess you can probably look up the text of the email on your phone, I didn't look it up. Uh, but John Titer never responded. Yeah, John Titer hasn't talked to us since that whole Messiah thing, or Savior, or whatever. Um, but, uh, Suzuha did say, like, at the end of the last chapter, like, listen, Maybe you should listen to John Titer or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So we get a call from Ferris, and uh, she says some goofy stuff to us, kind of like the way she texts us. Uh, she says, "Oh, you've awakened the the four guardian kings, and there, you know this, this, and that." And it, considering the situation we're in, it sounds almost metaphorical that you know that she's uh, saying something in the abstract. I mean, if her if her family really runs Akihabara, you know, they're like this huge, like rich, land owning family. Like they could be part of the three hundred people that rule the world, right? Like her father could be a part of that. I don't know. Uh, it seems like she has some some. She, she's like weirdly prescient of what's going on in her own abstract way. And um, then she goes on to text us later in the chapter, and she uh, texts us and is like. I'm exhausted and I'm sad and I'm feeling I feel bad and uh I wonder if like this really is the future that Fires wanted cuz she's like talking about how she feels so bad for some reason. I wonder why. I mean, we did make that change to the past and she's been kind of the same, but I mean, she's different. But she doesn't know that she made that change. Yeah, she doesn't know, but she has to be different now. It could, it could be too that it's like one of those monkey paw kind of. Uh, she got her wish, but she's less happy for the, from the consequences of it, but doesn't even realize she did it. I mean, she has a better relationship with her father and maybe her family, but maybe that means something else too that she has more stress for some other reason. Mm. But so, so that that's it for Ferris, and um, uh. Oh, we ask her, you know, what about the IBM 5100? You know, like, what have you have you made any progress? She has not. Um, uh, and we talk to Daru about it, and we're like, you know, we, we're, we still kind of are hung up on, like, why is it so hard to get it? Like, why, who cares? You know, like, why would anyone else care about this? And Daru's like, well, it's worth a lot of money because it's really rare, and that's all. And, and he goes, sort of um, nonchalantly says, like, maybe it's just one guy buying them all up. And, like, mm-hmm. of course it is, right? Like, that's CERN. Yeah. Right. Sometimes they know what's going on, and sometimes they... I don't know. It feels... Maybe it's, like, the dialogue is vague, like, as if we haven't figured this out by now. Like, as if... Oh, I, I didn't read him as figuring it out at all. No, but that's it. Where I'm, like, why... Like, they haven't... You haven't... But we've... We've been doing this for five chapters. <laughs> right. Hmm. But I mean, it also, like... This whole time, it hasn't really felt, you know, it hasn't really hit home how real it is for them. I think even no matter what, they still are kind of like, this isn't real, right? I mean, to be fair to the rest of the non uh and Ritara, you know, uh, I guess it doesn't feel real, like, literally, insofar as, like, they, they know they've sent these meals and, like, one person in their group's like, no, you guys totally changed the past. 
You know, yeah, I mean, that's true. They don't. They didn't feel any of the changes, but except Rintaro. Yeah, and even worse, the the guy who does keeps calling the organization, and they, you yeah. know what I mean. It's kind of like yeah. you might even be half thinking like, this is so he's so full of it, you know? Like, like it's the worst person to be able to read the time travel powers. Like it could have been anybody else. Yeah, like, you know you're getting the emails, but, like, maybe, and you want to explore it, but you're still not really buying into all this. Although, I don't know, like, I mean, some of the stuff with Hacking CERN and the Jellyman and thing like that, you you know what I mean? It's like you're onto something, but Rintaro's the only one who's kind of appreciating the gravity of, like, no, we're really onto this because we've done it and I remember it. As time goes on, I also feel, like, more and more that Rintaro's, like, Chunibyo syndrome may be related to his power, right? Like, the reason that his personality is like that may be very directly related to his sort of unstuck-from-time-ness. Right. Where, mm. like, he, he like, indulged in this fantasy, or, like, that that's the very specific fantasy that he made up because he had this, this prescience that, um, that that was his future. Right. Um, so it's, I'll be interested to see how that coalesces forward, going forward. Totally. Uh, so Daru then is, is giving a report on, you know, hacking into CERN, and he's like, I noticed that the files that I was downloading were downloading super fast, and, uh, and why is that? Well, he did a trace route, and it is, I think, like... You did multiple trace routes on that. <laughs> We did, and he—they're pretty much one hop away from CERN. Fucked up, but true. They have a direct line. Yeah. Oh, you're right. They're not one hop. It's—it's it's, there's the hop to CERN. The longest fiber optic cable in the world apparently runs from <laughs> under their building <laughs> to freaking Geneva. Right. So this is extremely time travel has happened. This is extremely like they're being set up. CERN has set all of this up to happen in this specific way. Yeah. Gado is much too calm about it, and it should be, I think. Yeah, it's te- that is terrifying. That is the most damning evidence that they are being set up. Literally everything about their situation is being, like, puppeteered by some by yeah. people who, who are time-traveling. Like, this, the curtain has been drawn back completely. Like, that's it. It's so yeah. ridiculous. Um, Daru should at least be appreciating that. This is the equivalent of realizing, like, the person you're spying on, like, your phone line is provided by them. Yeah. And yeah. they're not a phone company. And, and that was still in fifth that they, they don't know he, he attacked them. So, yeah. I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, that <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, I think that's where we were kind of talking a little bit before the, uh, like, with Star, like, maybe he's not quite the super hacker we were led to <laughs> believe. Yeah. It's not like unscrewing the phone and finding a bug. It's like realizing that the phone never went anywhere but to the person who's spying on you anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And But they do, like, vocalize that CERN, they're like, oh, CERN's been expecting them for years. Like, they realize that they've been set up. But I think it's also, like, a case where maybe we understand as adults and as people in co- uh, computing, like, what that means. And they maybe don't because they're... 18-year-olds? That was seems to. I mean, he gives the entire explanation about how the internet works. He should know, but he doesn't really. Yeah, so... Daro should be terrified. Daro should be like, unplug everything. Like, shut it down. You know, honestly, for no other reason than I'm going to get in trouble for hacking into CERN. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're gonna get caught. Like, this is, like if you are not somehow already caught, which you, like, 99% probably are, you know... 
Like, you imagine how inept CERN would be if it's like we had to hook up directly to their lines and, what do you mean you missed him hacking? Like, we're there! <laughs> like, you know, we took you off that janitor's position and put you in our cybersecurity wing and you're just <laughs> goofing this up here, too. I printed out this dude's IP address and said, if you see anything from here, which, by the way, is in our blood. I'm not in that. I just love the idea that they're like, if they need to check if someone's hacking them, they have to do it by running a whole really long Ethernet cable to them. That's another thing. That's weird of CERN, too, to be like, we need, we really need to be uh, keep a close eye. Let's just be their internet provider. It's wild. Like, wait, what does that actually, from a networking standpoint, what does that mean? Does that mean there literally is like their their internet is going through CERN and hopping through a CERN's router before anything else? They at least Probably, right? have like a switch. Yeah, that's so. Like, what's weird though is when they do the other trace route, it doesn't go through CERN, right? It just goes through other stuff like normal. But when they go to CERN, it just goes to CERN. Yeah. So yeah, like they have like a switch that's kind of like. If they're going through CERN, it comes through us first. It comes it comes to CERN. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be touring this or like, um, uh, well, that wouldn't work. Darrow hasn't been downloading his porn through CERN, no, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, God. So so then Darrow's like, hey, I can, I can control the Large Hadron Collider remotely through this connection. Which, why did they have a remote option for that? <laughs> be like it's so like because they're setting them up and they I like they know they're being set up right like they know but I, I guess it doesn't they don't get that like they're being set I mean they're sh they're being set up so that they can to to figure out the answer right so then like yeah that's what I, I I, I just love the, the CERN is incompetent angle of just like hey we closed port 22 on that right yeah, I think so. Well, I, li I like, well, the certain common angle, too, is, like, we almost figured out time travel, but these wacky kids in Akihabara figured it out, so let's do all this shit to spy on them and make sure to see what they did, maybe, which is my theory right now, right? Where it's like... Or that they just said, listen, let's make it as... They were the ones who did it. Let's make it as easy as possible for them to do it as, you know, as quick as possible. I'm trying to think of some kind of paradox thing where it's like they never, CERN never invented it in the first place. It was these kids, but somehow CERN has it because the kids got it, but they have to set themselves up to get it from the kids. My, so my thinking is because of all the Jellyman reports, it's like CERN can't get it quite right. But in some timeline or some alternate reality, LabMem does. We don't know how exactly or whatever yet, obviously. But then CERN realizes these kids actually beat us to the punch somehow. But we can't quite figure out how they did it. So we're going to do all this monitoring shit to make sure we, A, figure out how they did it. And B, make sure they can't do it to us. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they basically want to replicate the conditions while still maintaining control. Yeah, because as we're going to, we're going to find out exactly how everything, well, not exactly, but like the lifter solution and everything and, yeah. and it and yeah yeah I, we'll get there they, so. they make this comparison that the phone wave is works exactly like the hadron collider which man cern must feel shitty at that point for building <laughs> i would yeah right like miles of infrastructure oh. deep below the surface of the earth and you could have just bought a microwave that's like that myth about the astronauts where it's like they spent millions on that pen and the russians just use a pencil yeah which for the record is not true that is but. yeah that is false the more you know. So, uh, let's see. 
Uh, so at this point, uh, Krisu uh, emerges from the development room to announce that she thinks she has figured out how the phone wave works, and she implies that we are, in effect, microwaving all of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and like you said, the phone makes the microwave into a particle accelerator, um... But she's like, this is really dangerous. We and she keeps she starts saying like we we've probably made a mistake. Like we've we've probably created a monster. Like we should probably hand this over to someone else. Um, but uh, the, 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 they should they shouldn't keep running it because it's yeah. And she's like, it's amazing that this even works at all and isn't like killing everyone. <laughs> um, but they they reiterate that they still don't know what's functioning as the lifter. And they still have the same problems, the, the lifter and setting the destination. Um, and uh, then uh, Rintaro has a, has a moment, and he's like, because uh, they're talking about how are we going to send a person, how are we going to send a person? And uh, he's like, well, what, if, what about the other way? Like, what, let's, let's think about the problem the opposite way. Can we turn a person into 36 bytes of data? <laughs> and suddenly, Chris is on board. She's like, yeah, well, you can turn memories into data and compress it using black holes. Let me pull out... And apparently she wrote her thesis on this. <laughs> yeah, not with the black hole part, but she wrote it about converting someone's memories into data. Well, sp no, the other way. Um, con taking video data and... Putting, beaming it into somebody's brain uh, hmm. in this remote viewing technology, and so this is at least they did that, okay? At least it's reverse, like you know. Mm. We, you had to. I mean, you had to figure it. Well, I was about to say you had to figure at some point there had to be a little intellectual sloppiness with the science, but then I'm like, oh yeah, microwave plus cell phone is a large hadron collider now. So we were kind of always there, I guess. Yeah, and they talk about like the 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 electromagnetic waves that come out of the cell phone and the electromagnetic waves that come out of the microwave and how they sort of combine. Which, mm. I mean, that is a thing that waves do, but not like you, you're not the phone doesn't make the microwave go within the range of a phone. That's not waves. They're different, yeah. Yeah, yeah they talked about the, the they said that Daru modified the phone to. To use different different wavelengths, something like that. They tried to explain it away somehow. So I have kind of a sciencey question. We won't spend too long on this, but they say that they can compress data using the black holes, so they can get like a huge amount of data down to thirty six bytes, and they're supposedly sending electromagnetic waves. Like that's what data is, right? It's electromagnetic waves in the air, right? Data. It's an abstract kind of question, like. I mean, it's like saying what's a number. Like, it's a, a thing we invent. You know what I mean? Like, data is like... If you're talking about binary data specifically, it's like a set of on and off or zero or one, which could be represented, yeah, as like an electromagnetic wave or an electrical electrical charges on a wire or magnetic charges right. on... Well, you know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, simply, when you're sending a text message to a phone, that's just a, sure. a, a wave in the air, right? Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a pattern sort of wave, yeah. Okay, we could say I'm that. I'm just trying to think that, like, it uses the black hole, and I guess the wavelength gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it, it's just 36 bytes now. I mean, that's how uh, I understood it. This is kind of... The problem is this. It's like... It's kind of like saying, 
hey, here's, let's convert a giant number that's like millions of digits into a three-digit number and back. And it's like, you can't. You've just lost, like, all these digits. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't, this doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can get into lossless versus lossy compression, but there's there's no way that this mathematically works. Yeah. They're getting into sort of information as another type of matter, I think. Or not another type of matter, but like another another fundamental yeah. like fundamental particle or fundamental force, like that there's matter, mm-hmm. energy, and information. And they're sort of like m- mixing everything together. Yeah. Um, to sort of treating yeah. information yeah, as because matter. Black holes can... Yeah, black holes can theoretically comp- compress matter like really, really well, but yeah, applying that to information doesn't really make any sense. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I, like this could maybe. As stated, this is like silly, but you know, uh, maybe I, I guess I get the general kind of idea that they're going for. Like, I think I think they just kind of want some way of getting from A to B, being. I if I I need to get data into the past. I can compress matter really closely, and data is kind of like really tiny matter, sort of, kind of, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's I just a know. matter of obviously this is science fiction. How much of it is the fiction part? Yeah, this is this is this is a very I, you know I, I'm kind of impressed with the game earlier with trying to like because it it try like they've done their they've done homework you know and it's like. Again, some of it's silly, but, like, a lot of it is really interesting the way they're kind of, like, doing it. And th- this is just one of those, like, I don't know, kind of things. Like, If you're talking about plausibility, let's start with, like, taking the electrical signals that control your memories and turning them into data in the first place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, and, that's fair, and too. And doing it with, like, a cheap headset. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That I kind of I kind of figured was sort of like, uh, you know, like, you know, the teleporter thing where it's like, okay, you could take all, like, matter as electrical signals in the first place. It would be this incredibly large amount like da- like amount of data. I figured that was where they were sort of going with that, but yeah, I don't know. Is this I guess again like I I can't I we really can't fault the writers for not figuring out plausible time travel in a store, you know, but it's just one of those things. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that like that the whole setup led to, you know, the way that it's achieved is by, you know, encoding your message into 36 bytes and in this case the message is a memory which sure fine that's the science fiction part but that that it came down to that like same 36 bytes they never they didn't get it like oh we can send a person or an object or whatever it it was just that i think that was a a cool thing it becomes like that other kind of time travel theory of like you can only uh travel back and forth in your own body from times that you were alive it's, you know what, I, f- I feel like the writer had their own Daru, Daru, and that they were asking questions the whole time, like, <laughs> okay, but what if I could compress data, and I can, you really can't, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to for this part, like, uh, you know. <laughs> can we make it so we can? Right. But there's stuff, like, to work backwards from, because you can tell, like, they need access to the Large Hadron Collider to make this next plot point work. Hence, they have to have some sort of direct access to CERN. Hence, now let's work at it from the other angle. Maybe CERN already knows and needs that access to monitor them. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, it's, it's kind of funny how this plot is being constructed from two different directions, in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's plausible if you don't know much about science. I guess that's just why I asked the question. <laughs> No, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I think that would be a cool video game, like, premise of, like, you have this one time, well, I guess there are a lot of video games that do kind of have that premise, right? Like, Ghost Trick, 
um, where it's like, this thing happened and you need to stop it by editing the timeline. Yeah. Yep. And you just, but like, you have to edit it so many ways and it spirals out of control like a bad simulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, or like installing too many mods. Like Chaos Theory, which I read about. Suppose a double pendulum. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Suppose you have five balls at the edge of a cliff. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's it. <laughs> So, Krisu warns that, like, you could, so, you could, you could send your memories into the past to your own self, and you would want to make sure that your, yourself was gonna, like, answer the phone and talk into it, which is like, oh my god. Which you can't. Which you can't. (sighs) It all, all the cards start to fall into place, right? Like, who, all the dominoes are set up now. Who is always holding up his damn phone to his face all the time? Mm, you know, mm, yep. um, and she's like, you, you know, you, they had the right person has to answer the phone because if you put the, the memories in the wrong person, then they could damage their psyche permanently. Um, if you send it too far back, you could screw up your child self because there'd be too much mind body mismatch. Yeah, you can only send the memory. You don't send you, you don't send your personality. So yeah, you implant your current memories in your past self, basically. Which gets into, like, a sort of 999 level, are you only your memories, sort of. Oh, God. (laughs) But so let's say that you grow up to be, like, a badass, but when you were a teenage girl, you were really shy and didn't talk to anyone. Um, You might get those memories from the future, but your personality would still be really shy. So. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they set out to create the first time leap machine and uh they Karisu has this information from her lab that she worked in in America so she uh, already knows how to build the headset so they just need to get the parts and assemble it and uh luckily they don't spend a lot of time explaining this um but it does feel very abrupt it's just like hey because they spend so much time explaining the time travel part I like that you can just download the software that she already created in America and they don't try to make it like they wrote the complete software for this in a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, But also, like, a, a real uh, American research lab would be like, sorry, uh, you need to pay us <laughs> in order to... <laughs> but she's part of the lab, plan. I guess. She, does, she, she yeah. just has a login and she can I, log in and download everything. So, yeah. She's pirating her own software. Yeah, really. Her, co- her computer at home is one hop away from her lab, actually. <laughs> yeah, right? Of course. Uh, Ritaro then... About... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, my favorite part about this is after she lays out the whole time leap thing, she's like, it's ridiculous that no one's thought of it before. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, they say that a lot in this chapter. Like, it's... Yeah, it's funny. Um, they even say, like, time travel from a cell phone, amazing, but, like, w- really, with how many cell phones there are, why would it be anything else? It's just like, damn, I can't yep. argue there. Um, but Rintaro, like, he reflects on the fact that Krisu has only been with, uh, the lab for ten days. It's only been ten days. Um, Got a lot of work done in 10 days. Yeah, and they keep being like, wow, weird how everything worked out perfectly. Like, I, like a weird how she got invited to, uh, to the, for this seminar that we had to attend to speak about time travel when that's not her field. <laughs> weird. Weird how there was a time travel meetup that Daru went to last session. It's weird how time travel is, like, kind of a theme in this game. 
Yeah, weird. How should they? Everybody ended up in the right place at the right time, coincidentally. And CERN has no idea. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, the, so Rintaro and Mayuri go to buy the parts that uh, Chris needs to buy it, to make the headset or whatever the memory headset. And uh, in case you didn't get it, uh, they, he explains uh, time leaping to Mayuri again. And uh, Mayuri brings up the sort of important point, uh, again, of the concept of, like, well, if you, if you throw your memories into the past, are you really traveling? Like, you know, d- the person who was there, if, if that is you, then there's th- that, the person who, the, the past you is sort of, like, dies and is replaced by the current you. And the future you, which is the current you right now, also kind of dies and is replaced by the the person who's relived this you know this week or, or whatever amount of time and um, <laughs> no no Mayori the good news is the current you never existed anymore you're deleted <laughs> yeah it's the same like with teleportation and like theoretical stuff like that of like what yeah it becomes very yeah. like what am I does it matter kind of like a weird pet peeve I have is Black Mirror the show deals with this quite a bit <laughs> yeah well no I like Black Mirror I'll defend it a lot okay. but um no I'm I, I never mind anyway um no but like the, there's like they deal with this a lot but they come to the conclusion foreground like no it's you like that's a new person and it's like you know and it's like well this is philosophically but that's like all their morality and everything is like based around that. Like, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's that cop, that digital copy of a person is the person, yeah, or a, you know, it's, this clone is exactly. But you. society, yeah, sorry, yeah, exactly. But society doesn't think so. And it treats, you know what I mean, and it's like a very common theme. Yeah, I much prefer uh, Michael Crichton's timeline theory of time travel, where it is you. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. By the derailing, but off topic. Black Mirror is something you should never recommend to your coworkers. By the way, no. unless you emphatically state skip episode one. Oh, um, is it because episode one has? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Is is it like clowns? The pig fucker. Yeah, the pig. I knew there was like a sex thing. Yeah, the prime minister of England is being blackmailed into sodomizing a pig. I guess, or, or whatever. And, uh, it's like, it's not a lot like the other episodes. Like, at, like, it kind of sort of abstractly is, but it's like one of those things people watch and go, what the, f- why would someone fucking recommend this horrible show to me? And you have to go, no, the rest of it's like a Twilight Zone anthology with sci- contemporary sci-fi involved. You just have to get past the pig fucker episode. Just, yeah, skip that one. See, I, I thought that episode most with a contemporary uh, Twilight Zone-esque thing, but you know, that's just me. It's the problem, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I, I've, I've seen that, like, happen on Twitter where someone's like, I cannot believe anyone recommending me Black Mirror, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? <laughs> you know? And it's like, no, it's just that one episode which happens to be the first. That feeling used to be reserved to anime, so I'm glad everyone gets to experience it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? So what, where are we? Um, uh, oh, while we're out buying parts, we, uh, run into Moeka. This, yeah, this is, this is, I, <laughs> I was so mad. Because <laughs> I know it happened before, but before, with the IBM 5100, 
You know, it's just like, oh, I'll just tell Moeka everything, and you could kind of be no like, reason. right, you could kind of be like, all right, Rintaro didn't know, you know. But here we are again, and we have reason to believe she stole it in a different timeline, and you know not to fucking trust her, Rintaro, but what do you do? Tell her everything, why not? Just everything. What's the worst that could happen? She's freaking out, too, yeah. Yeah, like, when do you think it'll be finished, you know, and all this stuff. Well, so. it's like she's talking to us in her phone like she normally does, but she's, like, crying and upset and just, like, really off. But all the texts that we're getting are, like, they're kind of weird, but it, there's, like, a disconnect. It's like, congratulations on your time machine p progress. When will it be finished? And then in, in person, she's, like, sitting there, like, uh, 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 and, like... And, like, and Rintaro, it, like, as this is going on, right, we just heard that if you do the time leap thing, it could affect your psyche. It could, you know, like, there could be problems that could affect it. Then she immediately shows signs of it. He recognizes it and says, was she, was she in a mental institution or something? Like, he knows right away what she's doing and doesn't connect the two dots even though it just happened. Here's yeah. here's the thing, though. Now that we've introduced this notion of we can just fuck people up from the future mentally, anybody could be that. It could be that maybe that's why Mayuri is the way she is. Maybe that's why we're the way we are. Mm. And then the creepiest thing is that Moeka starts laughing and stands up and wanders away. Daru's probably just Daru. Yeah, Daru's <laughs> that's himself. Nobody messed him up. That was just 100% Daru. So that and that that's it. So like Moeka, like he doesn't try to help her. He like feels No, like he, he doesn't. He, like he thinks about going after her and he's like he, she's got like this really weird like scary aura around her and like I can't follow her. Man, it's fucked up. And they're, like, playing the scary music, too. They're, like, playing the music from, like, the title screen. Like, the creepy music. So, I wonder if Moika... Like, Moika is obviously receiving uh, unwilling, like, forced instructions, right? Like, maybe they're from herself in the future, maybe they're from someone else. Um, but, like, she signed up for this and is try and doesn't want to do it. You know, that explains a lot. It's almost like she's just a conduit. Like it like she's just operating the phone and the messages are coming from somewhere else. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. She's not even sending these. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She keeps talking about FB and and she only does that to web by speech, right? She never tackles that about FB, right? <laughs> yeah, oh my god. And the email she says she wants to send is to get a different phone, isn't it? Yeah. Or not get the phone. Get a different phone. Which is to tap out, to run away, right? Yeah. yeah. But she can't, because she can't send the email. Or no, wait, does she use... No, she uses her own phone for the email, right? She did send the email, yeah. Yeah, her own phone. She needed to be able to use her own phone. Oh, man, what if she's just a puppet? We're a robot. I think she is. I think she's a puppet. I think she, like... She, like, signed up for this job, right? And she didn't know what it was. And now this is happening to her, and she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Or just keep in mind that, like, your personality doesn't change. Whatever, like, maybe in the future, maybe her personality has changed. But the, the, the Moika in the past isn't a person who wants to get involved with this. She's someone else's memories. Yeah, just because your future self is saying do this stuff doesn't mean, you know, if your personality is back, to, you know, more simple when you were a quiet, shy kid who wanted mm -hmm. to do the right thing, you know, you could be stuck into doing all the stuff you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder if this is future Moeka is evil or if it is like someone else. Or maybe she's like people, uh, like different people are sending their memories into her and they don't even care that it's messing her up. Yeah. Oh yeah, if they're not hers, yeah. But wait, then an, an even more shocking thing yeah. we find out next. Because we go up to the lab and Chris, Chris is on her computer and she tries to like hide what she's doing, but she is a, an at channer it turns out. Or two, two, whatever. Oh no! Who could have thought? Hey guys, hey, hey guys, do you do you have stairs in your house? That's that's a different that's a different group altogether. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. I've never posted online. Sorry, I don't know all the four chan slang. I don't know the two chan slang. <laughs> do you have stairs in your house in an alternate timeline? <laughs> But yeah, so that's finally, and she she doesn't want anyone to in in a big in a big 2010 mood. She uh, doesn't want to tell anyone that she she doesn't want anyone to know, even though they all post there. Like mm-hmm. she still doesn't want to admit it. Which yeah. like yeah, girl, I remember that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like I don't even want like my coworkers to know I have a Twitter account. Like no. Oh hell no! I don't even tell that stuff to my parents. Jeez. God, my coworkers. One time, one of my colleagues uh, looked up my Let's Play, <gasps> and I was like, "Wow, okay, we're in a murder pact now, I guess." Um, <laughs> if you <laughs> if you ever tell anyone about this, I'm gonna kill you and then myself. So don't do that. Let me tell you a story. Because one time <laughs> I'm with two, I'm with two, I'm with two friends, and we we're going to a comedy show. And before it started. Um, I, I was working on police knots, but I just told people I was working on a video game project. And then my two friends were kind of like, I, I got you to do that. I was like, I worked on my project. And then one of them's like, oh, you mean police knots? The game from Hideo Kojima? They never translated. The other one's like, yeah, I heard there was no products on it. Like, reciting kind of the part in Wikipedia about me working on it. Oh my god. Like they were wearing a wire. <laughs> God bless. Well, you're talking to one of them now, actually. <laughs> wow. God bless you. Yeah. What a yeah. good friend. Now, now he's on a visual novel podcast. How, how things change. Wow. The other one, though, no. I don't think he knows about this podcast. But anyway. He does, he, the other one knows about this podcast. I did tell him. Yeah, I told him I told him you were on the podcast. Yeah. I, I doubt he listened. <laughs> I did have uh, one day where I walked into work and they're like, so you know that slow beef guy, huh? And then they just what? they just sort of nodded knowingly. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I would die if like anybody like they didn't know about my let's play stuff, but they knew about y'all. Like you know, like I would be like, what do I do? Well, well, like so I like talked about like Twitch and like let's plays and stuff like that before because they were sort of a nerdy crowd, and one of them I think uh, liked Markiplier or something like that. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Me, you know they have bad, they have poor tastes, but uh, they at least understand the concept. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Markiplier, don't send your hitman after me. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then apparently the next, I think this was like you you went on like a, a Total Biscuit podcast or something like that, and then that's mm-hmm. how we knew you or something like that. Anyways, nah. time travel. Time travel. Um, so, yeah, they finally call out Chris, and, uh, that's a whole scene. Um, Mayuri wants to stay the night at the lab because she is trying to finish three different costumes in time for an upcoming con, and, um, Chris is also staying the night, uh, 
she was already planning to to just work all night and uh, or work late. And so Mayuri's like, so it's okay if I stay because Karisu's here too. And uh, they want Rintaro to leave so that they can, you know, have like a, a safe, non-pervy, like, slumber party, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to. And like, honestly, I, you know, Rintaro is constantly accused of being a pervert, but he's not. <laughs> It's a little bit. He's, he's a little because he's a teenage boy, but he's not Daru. No. And he kind of lives there. Goes on purpose. Yeah, he does kind of live there. Are his parents even real? Yeah, yeah, they oh, are. so weird. His parents are both himself from the future. Yeah. He doesn't want to leave, so they're like, fine, whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, then the, the he's he like leaves for a second. Um, and leaves them in, uh, in the in the lab and walks, I don't know, to the store or something. Uh, and he gets another scary text from that same place, that, the same address that sent the, the red, red jello. Uh, this time it sent him uh, a doll head that's got, like, blood on it. And uh, he's like, oh no, a creepypasta. <laughs> Better call the SCP. Well, they were they were going somewhere with like the red gelatin. It's like, oh, this is gonna be you. But then it's like, uh, he's still working on it. Do wh- just take a picture of a doll head. I don't know. I don't care. Do it. Yeah, and just Google search threatening images, like like threatening <laughs> just like PG threatening images. <laughs> Didn't even scroll down. It's the first result. Come on, it's the first one. He, yeah. I almost said threatening images for kids, but I feel like that's different. Wow, there's much better ones if you just Google. Hang on, I want to Google threatening images. No! Safe search on, safe search on. I Googled bloody doll head, and uh, there's much better results. Well, we're living in a post-haunted doll watch society. Oh, wow, this one's actually really good. Oh, man. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. So... Um, so he ru- he's t- you know he's scared that something is going to happen, or that they that the lab itself is going to be broken into or something like that. So he runs back to the lab and the door is unlocked when he comes in and, and he's scared and he doesn't. Uh, Chris and Mayuri are are somewhere else. They're not in the main room and so he starts getting scared that they have been kidnapped while he stepped out and he's like yelling, "Where are they?" And he hears water running in the bathroom. And, uh, he thinks, he still thinks that they're in danger, so he busts into the bathroom, uh, where they are bathing together, and, uh, it's, they, of course, we have the classic anime misunderstanding of, I was just making sure you were okay, and then they're yelling that he's perverted to get out, and, yeah. And he just tries to have, like, a normal conversation with them. Like, oh, sorry, I was so oh, worried thank God you, you guys okay. were in danger. I got this text. And they're just like, well, get out! <laughs> it, it, it does, it, it does, it's better than Snatchers, anyway. Yeah, this, this is like, <laughs> uh, you know, of, like, if you're, if you gotta, if you gotta have, like, some kind of pervert joke, like, this is the one that is, I think, to me, was acceptable. Because it's a genuine misunderstanding for comedic effect. Yeah, this 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 pretty much works. Almost works. You know what I mean? Like you Yeah. It's a very standard scene. It's like, you know, you've seen it all before. Yeah. 
Now, on the downside, the the CG that we get is, of course, of two teenage girls who are naked, um, mm-hmm. with in a at an angle where you don't see uh, any crotch or nipples, but you see everything else. Mm. So yeah, no one played this on the bus side. No, okay, good. No, <laughs> no, no. I played it at work. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so they yell at him and... Uh, By the way, I read the, um, the LP from um, Something Awful, and, and they skipped this part. Yeah, they do. <laughs> just, just, just entirely. Talk yeah. about knowing your audience, damn. Hell yeah. They, uh, yeah. I actually read it in an Uber, and there was another passenger, but they weren't, like, they, they couldn't see it. I was like, this is, of course, where we're gonna run into it, right? <laughs> they were like, we've been in, I've been in worse Ubers, you know? <laughs> well, they were just like, so, I'm sure there's like some nerds on his laptop the whole time. It's not like he peeked over, like, oh, Stein's Gate, or, you know, whatever. What about, what if, though? What, what if? if there was nerd Uber? Oh, so you're that sol- slubby folk. <laughs> Didn't you translate police now? Oh, playing Science Gate, huh? You know, my favorite podcast is playing that game right now. I'm really looking. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, so it cuts, it just cuts. It's like a, jo- it's a joke. It cuts to the next day. Um, but it does get a little bit flustered after that. Yeah, oh no, then he gets horny. Then he sits at his computer and gets horny. He gets horny and he's, he's uncomfortable with getting horny, so he talks into his phone. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're fucking in the other room talking at the top of their lungs like, Wow, your boobs are so nice. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Have you met a woman? I read that as, like, him imagining that's what they Yeah, yeah, saying. no, he, he imagined oh, that. yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh my god, it's, it's very funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, he gets he gets horny. Which is a hundred percent accurate, though, completely. Yeah, it's a teenage teenage boy. Uh, so it's funny. I don't know. It's, it's if it, I wish the rest of the game, like all the sexual humor in the rest of the game, was just like this, and then it would I would be fine. <laughs> so uh, the next day, I, I don't. This might come up later. I don't know. Uh, Rintaro says that Daru has been working a part time job, and Rintaro doesn't know what it is. And like at this point, I'm like, is he a, is he a plant? Like you know, like has he been recruited or something like that? You know, like what? Who recruited him? Is it did Barrel Titer recruit him to do some resistance stuff? I mean, who knows, right? Hmm. So now they've been working on this, and they have to they have to test the the time leap. Yeah, yeah. Two days later. Two days later. Uh, yeah, they have to test it. I, I made another note to myself that I think that I just don't think that Daru is as good of a hacker as he says he is. But we already kind of said that. Yeah. That they're being set up. Um, so, oh, the final challenge is that we have to cause an electrical discharge. We have to actually use the phone wave in order to calibrate it or whatever for the last part of the process. Which means... Mm that they have to use the phone wave even though Mr. Braun said that he would raise their rent if they shake the building again. So, it's the most difficult challenge that Rintaro has faced yet. <laughs> but, but, yeah. So, um, and they still don't know exactly what causes the electrical disturbance or how, like, they're doing it without a lifter or anything like that. But they send him down to, to confront Mr. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. On a like suicide mission. Tell us what happened. Um, we get Suzu has help, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. Suzuha is like, I'll help. Yeah, I want to help you. We're friends. And uh, he's like, Okay. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, it, 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 tells, it tells her to distract him, but she texts her that she, he wants him to, 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 to seduce Mr. Brown. Oh, wait, but before that, they do, like, he goes down just to ask. Like, he goes down just to talk to him, and it's like, hey, can we shake the building one more time? And he's, like, hyping himself up, like, what's going on? Okay, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And then they already started. The they building started, starts shaking. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, it is very, like, it is definitely a suicide mission. And, um, Mr. Braun immediately turns around and is like, Rotaro, I can't, you know, stop this. Even though Rotaro's right there, it's obviously not his fault. Well, it is his fault, right? Because it's his lab and something's going, yeah. And uh, while he's yelling, he was in the middle of watching TV on his prized 42-inch CRT TV, and he turns off the TV to talk to Rintaro. And as soon as he uh, turns off the TV, the shaking stops. And Rintaro is like, oh my god, the lifter is the CRT TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it doesn't work. The phone wave doesn't work uh, because the rest like at night because it only works during business hours when he has the TV on right and sometimes it doesn't work and that's because he doesn't have the TV on sometimes yeah and yeah. uh yeah so he gets yelled at uh he runs back upstairs by the way this this was really well foreshadowed before I think and it was very difficult to spot but it was foreshadowed we've seen we've seen this TV several times like on and off and as you're listening to it you're like of course, the time of day doesn't matter, and then you're like, "Oh, that makes sense." So I thought it had something. I thought it had something to do, honestly, with like rotation of the Earth See, and something yeah. with like the yeah. geomagnetic field. We came up with like really clever stuff, and it's, oh, it's just the TV needs to be on. Well, actually, here's the fucked up thing: a CRT TV does work with like an electron gun that's like firing like upward into a bunch of deflector plates that hit it onto the pixels. You know, like it's not that bad, actually. It's not that great, but yeah, it's it's cool that it's like really mundane. I I love it. Uh, I really like it. I didn't see this one coming. It makes total sense because it's like such an important thing that their lab is above a CRT TV store. It's another thing that's been orchestrated, right? Like, yeah. Well, actually, the, well, so that that's kind of where I was thinking that like this is why CERN can't figure it out in a way because who who the hell owns a CRT anymore, especially one that large? No, but like, let, I'm, <laughs> right? But I'm just saying, like, it does explain in a weird way how Rintaro or lab member, whatever you want to call it, like how this lab is in such a unique position in time travel because there is a reason that only they have been able to do it because like the universe, like, collided in some way that only... The, you know what I mean? Like, that this is the big coincidence. Yeah, it was sheer random luck that this happened. It just happened to be all these circumstances came together right. to, to make a workable thing. But, like, replicating yeah. that, you know, just by trying... Through trial and error would be so hard. Like, in this particular case, I almost might feel let down if it turns out later there is some plot point that makes them put the lab above the... Although, maybe it's, like, one of those cyclical things they'll do. You know what I mean? Where it's, like... You know, it wouldn't have happened without that information, but that information came from that. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Is, is it is it intentional? Is it the universe correcting itself? You know, like what the whole the whole thing is a little messy because it also is like when you change something, the whole timeline corrects itself anyway. Right. I mean, and also in another way too, this is like the ultimate plot hole fixer. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like, well, how would it? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe in another t- no, but uh, it ha- because how, why did it happen? Because it had to happen. Right. So yeah. So. Runs back upstairs, is like, I figured out what the lifter is, and Chris is like, great, okay, we have to test this, though, so you have to go back down and get him to turn the TV back on so we can do this. And he's like, oh, 
And then he asked Suzuha for help. One other minor thing, though, was uh, Suzuha also was like, um, by the way, I'm telling you don't trust Chris. She's she's connected to CERN. Oh, yeah, she explicitly says that she's connected to CERN, so... Yeah, and and he's just like, what? One of my lamp members connected to CERN? I don't know, you know, but he just... not that, He doesn't disregard it, per se, but it's not like he acts on it. Yeah, and instead of being vague, like, he's very specific, like, oh, she's using everyone, she has no regard for anything but her experiments, and oh, yeah, she's working for CERN. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Suzuha decides to help us distract Mr. Braun so we can turn on the big CRT again, um, by taking off her shirt and covering his face with it and saying, now's your chance. But, like, she does it like, like, a, a, like, military, like, like, uh, Jason Bourne style. Like, you think it's gonna be, like, a sexy thing, and then it's like she's, like, suffocating him with the jacket. Like, hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it's scary, is what happens. Like, is she, you know, Suzuha, she doesn't, she's, there's no gray area with Suzuha, right? She's at either zero or 100. <laughs> I do think Jason Bourne probably could have grabbed, like, a cloth or something. But, you know, okay, sure. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but anyway. So, it's very, like, this was part of my combat training. I know how to help. And, uh, so it, it works out. And, and he's not mm. mad. Because uh, he's a kind of a pervert, I guess. Which is oh, yeah, they kind of established that in the scene beforehand. Because <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you've been hanging out with young girls. I wish I was invited up there." Even his yeah, um, his daughter, who is a young girl, is like, "Dad, that's a pervy thing to say." <laughs> I don't, I don't know what they're going for with that. I don't, I don't know. I think. Well, doesn't he like make some comment about like making her not wear it for the rest of the day or something like that? Oh, well, because she tried to suffocate him with her jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, now you can't wear the jacket for that. I Honestly, I feel like the author is trying to be a little, like, uh, little, like, funny horny in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is just, like, a kind of a roundabout way to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I, don't, I, don't I don't think, I, I just, I feel like every, it, it's, it's another, a lot of the jokes about Mr. Braun are a lot of, like, oh, he must be a pervert, but he's kind of, like, not. Or, or he's, right. like, a normal amount, right? Like, you know, it's not like he's actually gonna, like, prey on these teenage girls or anything right. like that. He's just, like, making old man jokes, and they're, because they're teenagers, they're like, ew, what a pervert. Mm. Um, but so, it works out. Um, yeah. There's another, there's another pervert joke with something Mayuri says. Oh, she says, flap. And Daru gets a nosebleed. And it's like, alright, sorry, my bad. I thought plot was gonna happen. Hold on. Yeah, it's just me. I'm getting a little tired of this. Let's just... <laughs> Enough with the... Nah. Daru's nosebleed sprite... I don't... There's just something gross about it. It's just the, the fact that the, the blood comes out of his nose and will drop. And I'm just like, ew, why do I have to see that? Why do you have a sprite for that, but not any, not all these other things? Clean yourself up, Daru. They, they christen, they, oh, they pretty much make their machine, and we get, like, a whiteboard, kind of, of how it jet roughly works, which is, I think, pretty much what we already established, which is, like, but it's a little more, like, this part of your brain is gonna get translated, you know, da-da-da, into Large Hadron Collider, 36 bytes, into, you pick up the phone, and here's, you know, here's a time leap. Yeah, there's no, there's just a little arrow between Hippocampus and Memory Data 3.24 terabytes. There's yeah, no, that's all there's you need. no depth to that little arrow. But I love this diagram, because it starts off with a little emoji picture of a guy, and, um... 
like your memories are stored in the hippocampus area of your brain and it's just a little guy saying the word hippo and then that's what's getting transferred into memory and then he calls himself in the past and remembers that time he said hippo yeah great so uh then what um so yeah so they they also are still you know using like cern and the L- the large hadron collider to compress 3 terabytes of data into 36 bytes yeah, so even with a direct line with 3 terabytes really can you really transfer it in 40 me- in 40 seconds 3 terabytes is a lot of data they must have some really good Ethernet uh, adapters. This, I mean, how could the? How is this not terrifying? This would be terrifying. <laughs> I mean, being able to. <laughs> okay, but if you suddenly had to download speeds that good, you're not gonna question. Yeah, really. like it is. This is good. Put your feet up and enjoying it. <laughs> oh my god, being able to to trans to to move th- three terabytes of data in forty seconds, like we don't, we can't do that. That's the most unrealistic thing I've heard yet. <laughs> god, catch me in like 20 years, right? Where everybody's like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. And then uh, also foreshadowing again, if the recipient has the phone to his ear, they should go right into his brain. Uh, who has his fucking phone to his ear all the time? It's Rintaro. It's Rintaro. But also you're going to get it as like a, a, a phone call, I assume. Yeah, I, I think you're supposed to get a phone call and then when you answer it, you get... The memories implanted. Yeah, it's basically like a brain thing whenever you answer. I don't know. I'm just hung up on how nobody's flagging up that you have to be the one to answer your phone memory. And you can't guarantee that. Like, anybody could answer your phone. It's like, oh, he's not here right now. Yeah, but usually other people don't have your cell phone. And at least you'll know when in the past you'll have had your cell phone, most likely. I guess... I mean, at the very least, you can say, like, from now on... Yeah, that's part of the reason why they don't actually want to use it, because they're a little scared that a lot of things can go wrong. Oh, yeah, nobody wants to be first. Yeah. Also, like, with their their track record of experiments that are completely unprovable, they're not, they're not the greatest at uh, making sure that something like this would work. Right. Yeah, so nobody wants to do it. Uh, they're, they're kind of like, even, uh, uh, Chris is like, we should probably hand this over to the government. We probably shouldn't do this anymore. This is too dangerous. I don't, no, none of them want to do it. And, uh, so at this point I was like, is this the bad end? Is this when it happens? Like, do they just say, nope, sorry. And then it's like, game over. (laughs) Game's over. (laughs) Or the bad end is just, it's just, and we gave it to the government and everything was fine. Yeah. No one ever misused it. Yeah, no one ever time left. The end. <laughs> the end, no moral. Um, but then, Suzuha shows up. Yeah. Suzuha found her dad. Mm-hmm. And? And? The end, okay. no moral. She she busts into the lab, and uh, it's like they're to like, join their, I guess, little party that they're having. And uh, yeah, they, they decide to actually give it to the government the next day. Yeah, they're going to do yeah, it the next day. So they're having a little celebration. Suzuha shows up and finally gets into a fight with Krisu. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good CG. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Suzuha's like, I don't, you know, I don't trust you. You're bad. And Krisu's like, why do you know? Like, what are you even saying? I'm not bad. And she's like, you're connected to CERN. And she, she like... 
it's Suzuha, you know, she doesn't say, like, I'm from the future, and in the future you're evil. But right. she talks around it in a way that I feel like at least Chris should, should be able to pick up on. I don't know. Unless she is big in... I mean, unless, unless she's she knows, totally... right? Like, yeah. Yeah, right. And, uh, but somehow no one else picks up on this, not even Rintaro, or he doesn't want to believe it. And, uh, he tries to diffuse the situation, it doesn't work. Mayuri is just like, I don't want anyone to fight, and they stop fighting, which is the worst way to end an argument. Well, actually, there's one coming up that's a little worse. Yeah, that might be a little... Yeah. Then suddenly, what happens? They turn on the news. There's a bomb threat in Akihabara. Train station. All the train lines are down. Uh, they have the, 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 this little bit from Mayuri before that that I think is, is nice. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to Rintaro about how the lab has gotten, like, there's many people there now, and... Oh, yeah. She's like, you don't need me anymore. Yeah, and Rintaro used to be so lonely, and now he, he looks happier, and, yeah, maybe her, her job is done. And then ah! they turn on the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, I hate this. No, what's gonna happen? <laughs> so as soon as they say there's a bomb threat, uh, Suzuha's like, Oh, I gotta leave, I gotta do something. <laughs> God. Rintaro then has a moment where he's like, We've come too far, something's about to happen, and it's about to happen to us right now. And, uh, and then shit pops off. Uh, five men f- with guns who... Don't look like I don't know what video game they look like they're from. What video game do they look like they're from? Um, Neo Turf Masters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wasn't my first instinct, but sure. <laughs> um, so like five dudes with machine guns burst in who are in like casual vacation wear. Yeah, they're, they're foreigners. They're not Japanese. Any of them? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And um, they have real guns. And, uh, they're like, okay, you're coming with us, and, uh... We gotcha. We gotcha. And, uh, they hear some some footsteps coming up the stairs, and they're like, oh, this, that must be the leader. And, what do you fucking know, Moeka walks into the room, and she is dressed like a spy leader-type lady in a scary black outfit. But she still Skin has type. her same personality and can't talk. And um, she uh, says, all right, Daru, Krisu, and Rintaro, you need to come with us. And uh, there's a, a, a thing that Rintaro says to himself, uh, which I thought was really funny, which is, I'm not a military otaku. I've never seen a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Rintaro also notices that Moeka doesn't have her phone. She doesn't have her phone out. And uh, Moeka is from CERN. Uh, she says, we're from CERN. The three of you need to come with us. They've, they've got so many guns. And um, even Moeka has a gun. And uh, they, they don't want to go uh, with them. And they're trying to get them to answer some kind of questions. Um... And sort of predictably, they, they draw it out too long. And uh, Moeka's like, don't, you know, uh, Mayuri, or the other one, she's like not, she's not required for this. And she points a gun at Mayuri. And uh, 
Mutaro tries to stop her, but it's too late. And Mayuri, uh, Moika shoots Mayuri and kills her. Well, shit. And a little bit of a downer this chapter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad one. And I personally was suddenly brought back to episode one of this podcast where I said, I bet Mayuri's going to get killed in the future and then he's going to miss these parts where she was annoying. <laughs> And I would like to apologize to everyone who's already played this game, who heard me say that and thought that I had played ahead, just like for Danganronpa. Rintaro loses it at this point. Yeah, everybody yeah. loses it. They don't know what to do. I mean, they're just real-ass teens, like, and someone just got murdered in front of them. Yeah, Rintaro is about to, to like, charge into Moeka and Kurisa stops him. Yeah, or she try. She's like trying, and and but he's gonna do it anyway. And he would have got shot. She shoots at him, but the shot misses because Suzuha is back. And yeah, she, my girl. She busts in and takes out all five of the dudes, knocks them unconscious with her cool moves, and then she and Moeka both have their guns pointed at each other's faces, and they're in a standoff. It's very John Woo. It's good. It's good, good, good CG on this. Yeah, I know. Oh, I really, I really want to watch this part of the anime. If this is in the anime, it's it's pretty good. Like she just elbows everyone in the face, and it's really great. It's, it's very good. It also is a little bit just like I do all the cool moves with my main man Riddick. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's extremely bad. <laughs> But then, and then she's like, TV's turned on, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Rendaro kind of finally gets it, and then he's like, okay. And goes to go back in time and fix all this, and he runs in the other room. I think somebody shoots after him, right? Yeah, he gets shot in the yeah. arm. Yeah, and Kurethu is already there. Kurethu went to the other room before that. He, yeah, he uses one of the other. Yeah, she was gonna go. She was gonna jump back, and he's like, no, it has to be me. Right. Doesn't he say something cool, like, too, like, I, I, like, I reject this absurd reality or something like that? Mm-hmm. He also says, like, Mayuri was his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually kind of a cool line. I really liked it. But yeah. anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, he manages basically to leap back in time. And we get a new thing, which is not Titer's, like, little vacuum tube kind of percentage deviation thing. But now we get, like, this, like, kind of... Uh, alarm clocky sort of like thing that's ticking back. Groundhog Day. Yeah. And how far back do we go? An hour? Uh, two hours, I think. Yeah, two I think hours. it's two hours. Three hours. Yeah, we go Four from fifty-six to. <laughs> yeah, we go from we go from seven p.m. almost eight p.m. to almost five p.m. Yeah. And that's the chapter. Yes. Coming up next is me- Chapter 6, Metaphysics Necrosis. That sounds bad. That sounds what happens to your brain. <laughs> I, for one, am very excited for what happens next. This will I mean, this was a great twist that I really loved when I first experienced it, but I, I'm glad to get into the true plot of, of Steins Gate. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this is kind of like the turning point of the game, and like... It's going to be much more, like, dramatic and much less comedic from now on. Yeah, it got moving real fast. Yeah, shit. Uh, it's, I'm excited, though. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'm glad that... It, it feels like a little bit of, a, of an odd pacing, just because it's like everything kind of falls into place within the span of one chapter. Like, I don't think, I don't think Chris ever talks about 
neuroscience and memories uh, before this? No, never. No, they sort of throw it all at you at once. Yeah, it would have no, been here's nice why. if she talked more about it before. Why? This is because Luca's mother was talking to Chris's mother, and she got a, a page that was like, eat veg for a healthy kid, and said, what the heck does this mean? She's like, I don't know, but if only I'll encourage my daughter to study neurology to understand the psychology of who could have sent this. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, next time, what are we going to read? Okay, so chapter six is by far the longest chapter in the game, so we're going to have to split it in two. Um, you are going to read until you come upon um, a couple of lines speak, talking about Norse mythology and Germanic names. I'm trying to mm -hmm. be vague. And like very quickly after that, there's another like time travel thing, and that's how far you're going to read. Wait, I'm sorry. So we're going to read a thing about Nordic mythology and names? Yeah, which... Norse mythology and Germanic names. They're going to mention yeah. that. And like a, yeah. a couple of lines after that, there's uh, another time travel thing, and that's where you're going to stop. Okay. Okay. And um, okay. also, um, hmm? uh, starting next chapter, um, there are some extra things you, you, you can or can't see, uh, depending on your choices. So if you want to see everything the game has to offer... Then pay attention to uh, sometimes the um, little icon at the end of the text box changes, uh, and hmm. that means that you can use your phone to do something, or you can just uh, hmm. continue reading without doing it. So if you want to see some extra scenes, the second time, watch out for that. Yeah, the, the, the second time, the first time that that happens is like re really quickly into the chapter, and you should ignore it if you want to see the extra, the extra scene. And ah. the second time, you should call it Luca. Hmm. And that does, okay. it, 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 it's interesting. It's it's um, the, the interesting thing. I'm I'm very interested to yeah. to hear about that. All in metaphysics necrosis. Yeah. <laughs> Till then, Elsai Kongru. Elsai Kongru. Elsai Kongru.